The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Raleigh Sussex. It is indeed that time of day, the Word Wizard, the Sultan of Semantics, the Connoisseur of Conversation, the Doyen of Dialogue, whatever you want to say, Raleigh Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at UQ, University of Queensland, is here, willing able, ready to go to talk to you about words, language, linguistics. I know he's ready to go. He was up riding his bike very early this morning. And I'll jump right out of the, bl- uh, right out of the blocks, Rolly, and ask you, what is it that is vexing you today? I'm deeply vexed by politeness and the lack of. Okay. And problems of etiquette. Problems of etiquette. Not that, not that I regret too much the passing of some of the old ones, although they were actually quite good in their place. But I think that it... Having having certain agreed forms of behaviour is actually very a very secure sort of thing. You know, you, you know that you have to behave in a certain sort of way. And a, a language example is used to be absolutely rock solid. If you started a letter with dear sir, you ended up yours faithfully. If you started dear Mr Smith, you ended up yours sincerely. And this was, you know, so long as you did that, you knew you were on sound ground yep. and you weren't going to put your foot in it. And there are lots and lots of rituals like that, um, particularly table manners, mm-hmm. which I think have largely gone because, well, a lot of families never sit down at the table together anyhow. They just either sit in, the, in front of the TV or go off to their rooms and do their own thing. Yep. And so you need, you, these, are, these are social things. And it's part of, I think, a really big tendency. I mean, for example, have you ever been fubbed? We had this one a couple have of Have you ago. ever been fubbed? fubbed? Yes, P-H-U-B-B-E-D. It's a phone snub. Oh. When someone tries to talk to you and you're so busy with your phone, you don't even pay them any attention. That you're not actually digesting anything they say. No. Okay. Yeah. A, In that case, fun. yes. Yeah. And it's it's a, it's a pretty new sort of thing, but it's a it's the product of, if you like, the lack of etiquette with a new technology. And if you think about it, there aren't too many bits of good manners with with emails and so mm-hmm. on because there aren't too many agreed norms. No, now no, it, it, when I was I was little, you know, never never cock your little finger when holding up a teacup, for example. Okay, a- absolutely meaningless, but but you know, it was one of the things that one avoided. Yep. Okay. So I'm really interested in what people think about the decline of manners nowadays. Here's another one which I think most people wouldn't even recognise, and that's according to the patterns when I was little, you introduced a junior person to a senior person. So, Mr. Boss, I'd like to introduce to you Mr. Junior Clark. And then Mr. Junior Clark would sort of come out and hold out his hand and be received, you know. Um, you introduced a, um, a male to a female. Yep. Mummy, I'd like to introduce to you uh, Stephen Arbuthnot. All right. And uh, the, these were the kind of ways in which certain things happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people understood them. And, of course, if you didn't know those, you marked yourself as being a person lacking in breeding and style and, and etiquette and, you know, maybe boorish and other sorts of things. So it was, in, it was in your very best interests to adhere to these protocols. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, uh, always write your thank you letters. And for that matter, always say please and thank you. A lot of people nowadays don't. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll come back to this later, but there are certain cultures in which it's actually rude to thank certain people. In, in China and in India, you don't thank close friends and family. 
because thanking is a kind of formal expression of thanks, and it's a bit like distancing. Yeah. So if you if you say thanks to you know a parent or a sister or something, it's almost as if you're pushing them away. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's on the other side of the conversation. I always wondered about this. Mm-hmm. I guess watching films from the you know from the USA growing up and noticing that at the end of phone calls, there was never a bye. See ya. It was just a right hang up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that impolite? I don't think it is now. Mm. And people know if I have said all that I have to say, right, and our communication has achieved its goal and I'm gone, I'm out of here. Whereas they're always, again, what do you say when you pick up the phone? And this is a funny little one. Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the thing, suggested that we should say ahoy when you pick up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Very naively. It was probably good that that didn't take on. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes people say their name, which which is quite useful because, you know, sometimes you're not quite sure whom you're going to be talking to. Yep. Uh, sometimes they just say hello. And when the other person may then say, uh, who am I talking to? Yep. And this is, this is actually a when, – when these things break down, you've got this slight politeness problem because politeness is about respect and consideration and you've got to work out what the other person is like – so that you can address them politely. And if you're, say, French and you're talking to someone and you don't know them very well, and in particular if they're a bit older, you quite probably would say vous, which is you, mm-hmm. polite, and it's only much later that you'll get around to saying tu, which is the one that you use to, family and close friends and your partner and so on. And the, matter, the, the moment at which you go from vous to tu, is a matter of terrific social judgment. Yeah. And uh, sometimes in the case of, let, let's say you've got a boss and the boss said, look, we've been working together for a year now, why don't you just call me too? And, and in a case like that, the senior person can provide the, the legitimation right, of using less formal terms. But if you're out with a young lady and you, 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 go, you go to too too early, you know, she may feel that you're taking her lightly, or at least it was when I was at university. Yep. That's a long time ago, mind you. Um, and so you know, the, these are part of the rules which differ from, culture to, well, from language to language, from culture to culture, but also from individuals. Yeah, but, it's interesting. What you said earlier, I guess, that yours sincerely, yours faithfully, yeah. respectfully, mm-hmm. and that is using cheers, yeah. thanks, yeah. best. Mm-hmm. That seems to be where it's gone now. Regards, if you're lucky, warm regards. Is that an adequate substitute? Or is well, it, a bit... it depends on the goal. See, nowadays we often attach the formal letter to an email. And so the email will say, hi, Pete, see attached, so-and-so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? which is very informal. Uh, but then the, the letter which you attach may well have a much more formal approach so that you get two for the price of one. But how do you, how do, how do you personally like to start a, uh, an SMS? I guess it depends who you're, exactly. who you're SMSing. In this job, obviously, you, do, you, you send a lot of people SMSs that you haven't communicated with before. So it's a high X, Y, Z. But it's high. High. Rarely hello or good morning or anything. It's a high. Yeah. 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 And high is American. Mm-hmm. It's probably taken over about 95% of the functions mm. of, of the, the first greeting word. I say, hi, so-and-so. And then maybe there's a little, um, we were talking last week about such and such. And then you get to the matter of it and then looking forward to hearing from you soon. And then maybe your an, an initial yep. or your name or best, or as you said, 
Uh, best, I think, is an Americanism. I first saw it at MIT in in, in Boston. Okay. Uh, 1981, I think it was. And I, I brought it back to Australia and started using it, and a lot of people got it from, I think, I think from America as well. It's, it's, that's, it's interesting, that, because a lot of abbreviations, a lot of sort of ways around, a lot of alternate ways of saying things. Yeah. One thing I noticed, and I'll, I'm going to take a caller on this because it's a question I wanted to ask about email correspondence, and I suppose if you're working in the same office... Uh, you have uh, an email signature that yes. says, this is your name, this is your number, this mm-hmm. is your role. Is it okay to write emails with no thanks, cheers, regards, best, just a, yep, no worries, see you there on Tuesday, whatever. Mm-hmm. End of email, end of correspondence. Yeah, yeah, because it's got a context. Yep. And it actually has a header so they know who it's from, okay. when it was sent, and they can actually put you in, in you know, the context of the office. If it's someone you don't know or who's outside, you've got a bit more work to do to establish the level of communication, which is going to be appropriate. Because all of this has to do, the big idea I've got is, is the idea of face. Mm-hmm. Now, face was originally supposed to be a, a, an Asian thing. You know, you have to, have to re- respect the way in which the other person wants to be regarded. But actually, that works for us as well. If you think about it, when you're going to have a polite conversation, you want people to treat you as you would treat them. Yep. And it may be loud and raucous and in the pub and after three pints... <laughs> And it might be cocktail party, uh, you know, formal dress yep. and talking quietly about things, you know, where you wouldn't shout and you wouldn't use vulgar words yep. and you wouldn't go anywhere near a, a topic that you might try in the pub, which would be, ah, ha, ha, you know, sort of funny, rude. There are, there are things which are relative to context, relative okay. to the person, even the same person in different contexts. Well, it, it could be a, a teacup and that little pinky it could daintily be. hanging in the air. I've got a Annan from Maruka is on the line. Now, I was talking about the end of emails. Annan, I believe you have a question regarding etiquette in the start of emails. Is that right? Yes. Well, it is about start of the emails. I have a colleague who sends an email or a message, text message, and he begins with my name as yes. Anand, Anand yeah. and whatever is the matter. And sometimes I'm not really sure if it is rude, how am I supposed to take it, if it is positive, negative, polite, non-polite. And many people I have seen that do not really enjoy that. So is, is, it, is it all right to just start with the name directly without any hello or hi? Okay, yep. this depends a lot on what is accepted in, among your friends and your work group, right? Um, again, if you're writing to the boss, probably not. Um, but again, for someone who knows you, first name just by itself is fine. Uh, either hi, Roly, in my case, or just Roly, or just R occasionally. He's saying just Roly. Is that is that is, is, is can that be a bit? Oh, that's a little bit uh, a bit aggressive, a bit direct. De- nice one. It depends on what follows. Yeah, it sure. It could be. Look, I I thought you were going to meet me for coffee this morning, and you weren't there. What happened? <laughs> you know, in other words, this is a a, a bit of a holding you up to uh, to uh, to answer for your actions. Okay. On the other hand, it could be it could be you know. Um, Joel, um, I'm, I'm getting a bit sick of this thing. Why don't we take a break? Yep. yep. So that it can be an inviting thing as well as a confronting thing. So Anand, I think um, hi Anand or just Anand is now accepted as one of the the ways in which you may start uh, right. a, an email. And, and it's, it's got no particular meaning. If you do something else, if someone said dear Anand in an email, yep. that sounds almost a little over careful sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. So no, on the other hand, if you're writing really a letter important. on paper, which is signed at yeah. the bottom, then I think you'd be be expected to follow the the rules a little bit better. 
Okay, does that help you, Anna? I think a matter of intent is is a, a big message here it's from Raleigh. And, and the content, yes, yeah. Yes, certainly, yeah. it does. Yeah. Good on you, Anand. Yeah. Anand, Anand, Anand from where are you from, may I ask? I am from India originally, and I can never underestimate the importance of understanding the cultural undercurrents. Oh, yes. People are communicating to each other, yes. and many people, out of lack of uh, knowing it or lack of uh, any awareness about it, many times do not really follow those or do not really uh, end up hurting people, end up being great, rude. Great point, like yeah. So, but again, it, it depends that, a lot on intention, doesn't it? And also yes, on how does. much people can be expected to know. And in, in yeah. most parts of Asia, when you go into somebody's house, you take your shoes off. Yeah. Yes. And, and you don't point your feet at people. And yes. I'm not sure about India, but certainly in Thailand, you never point the bottom of your foot to someone. That's, just, that's very disrespectful. So yeah, well, that, I have... I myself have uh, always experienced this that I most often forget, forget to say please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And when you're working in field in very busy environment, it, it sort of doesn't come out obviously as I've spent 30 years of my life in India where right. close mm. colleagues and close friends, you do not really say please mm-hmm. and thank you. Which, which, which bit of India do you come from? I come from Western India from a city called Pune. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. And do people there normally say please and thank you or not? They don't. They don't. So definitely right. not to people whom you know closely, your family members, your close friends, or people or colleagues with whom you're working every day in, in close association. Right. So not you just family. It's it's people you have established familiar relationship yes. with. Okay. Once you have okay. a relationship with someone, there is each sort of a contract, that relationship that you do not really need to say please and thank you after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, the, yeah. the real problem, of course, is that, that um, many often you go into a, someone else's house with the best of intentions, but you yeah. may unintentionally break some rule. Now, one that actually does apply to, in, to uh, internet communications is don't use all capitals because that's taken to be shouting. And from, I think, the late 1980s, as soon as we got different fonts on the screen, shouting, you know, capitals were taken to be shouting, was yeah. taken to be rude. And you only use it for in a joke or if you really want to make a, a rather brutal point. Yeah, okay. And that's something which people have to learn from another culture. Applying a little bit of force. Uh, thank you for your call, Annan from Maruka. Rod from Emerald is on the line. You're hearing from Rowley Sussex, ABC Radio, Brisbane and Queensland on your Thursday afternoon, 25 past two. Rowley is being vexed by a, a, a <laughs> decline in politeness and etiquette uh, in language. And I'm... I'm getting a lot of vibes that there's a lot of agreement on that, Rolly. Now, Rod, I believe uh, you you have a little bit of an issue of, of people, I guess, uh, getting ahead of themselves when they ask a question. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It seems to me becoming more and more that people will ask a question and um, instead of waiting for an answer, continue on talking to and a lot of time to other people rather than yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I just uh, have to, because it, it uh, arouses me so much, I just have to uh, be, I guess, you know, I suppose a little rude and just say, uh, well, that was a waste of breath asking the question. <laughs> you need an answer or, you know, just sort of. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're just... right. People, are they instead of, you know, you ask a question and then if you've put the question, you should really shut up and give the other person a chance to enter yeah. the conversation. But this is a bigger question about uh, if you're in company with someone, you shouldn't grab the, all of the limelight and talk all the time and you should respond when people address things to you directly. 
but again, talking, you know, giving a 15-minute answer to how are you feeling today is not really polite. No, it's, it's, it's self-indulgent. Mm. So the matter is, again, judging not only the amount of information but also the depth of information uh, that is appropriate. And, and there's some lovely things we'll talk about next week about this. Okay. Grice's maxims for conversation, which are a, a lot of fun. I've, I've got um, uh, Julie's actually um, on the text line here. Uh, Louise, I'm so sorry. Louise from Clifton saying, I use G'day. Mm-hmm. G'day in emails. No exceptions whatsoever. Every email you send, Louise, you say G'day. Yeah. And is that all right? to an Australian, that is fine. You know, it's a, it's a lovely, friendly, informal... And it immediately makes you a bit closer to the person you're talking to. Would you say that to the boss? Dunno. Um, mm. To the governor, to the archbishop, to the premier? Probably not. Maybe not. But this is someone with whom I think you've already got an established established line of communication. And this is a, a sort of, here I am and I'm feeling good. Hope you are too. Can we talk? Okay. And it's a nice way of doing it. I've got something else I'd love to raise with you. I'd forgotten about it. It's called back-channeling. Back-channeling. Okay. Back-channeling. If you're in Japan and people are talking, the, someone is talking and going on and on, and the other person will say, hi, hi, quite loudly in the middle of it. Yep. Now, when they switch to English, the first person is talking along in English, the second person will say, yes, yes. And you think, wow, I've said something really impressive. Whereas, in fact, it's simply a part of Japanese good manners that when you're in a conversation and you're the listening one, you've got to sh- give some real indication that you're engaged and following and uh, ready to reply when the moment comes up. And this is called back-channeling because mm-hmm. the, the back-channel is the, the bit that happens, if you like, behind the real speech. But if you don't do this in Japan, you can give the impression of being disengaged or rude or bored or, you know, you don't want to talk to them. And so knowing how to back-channel when you flip a language is really quite tricky. Yeah. Because actually with, with, with someone like Anand before, you know, with, with good English, you may assume that they also have English conversational etiquette, whereas it may or may not be true. And I find this a lot when I go to Europe because I do speak some of the languages. Yep. And you can find yourself unwittingly giving dreadful uh, offence to someone simply because you didn't know. And we, don't, we tend not to teach that, by the way, in foreign language classes, whereas in many ways it's the thing you need to learn first. I guess perceived as an interruption in, in some mm-hmm. parts as well. Oh, yes. Sure. If you're yeah. mid-sentence, someone's there going, yes, yes, yes. Can yeah. you just let me, yeah. let me finish? Uh, let me finish. Yeah. 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 Which uh, is very much, very much on, on what, what uh, Rod was saying before. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Rowley Sussex on ABC Radio, Brisbane and Queensland. Rowley being vexed by etiquette. And I'll put a question to you shortly, but I, I'm wondering if you're happy to take a couple of extra questions, sure. uh, Rowley. There's some curiosities and quirks. On the mind of Camille from the Gold Coast. Good afternoon to you, Camille. Thank you for uh, for holding on this one. You have a uh, a, a, a query. It is. It's a hi team. Sorry, but I guess my question's a bit of a curiosity. Um, I come from Sydney, but having moved up to the Gold Coast many years ago now and loving it, I've always wondered why we call it the Gold Coast because mm-hmm. we don't say I'm going to the Sydney or the Melbourne. But we, we do say, if we're from another part of Australia, that we're going to visit the Gold Coast. Okay. The, the rules for using the are a bit funny. And if you think about countries, the only countries with the are all plural, uh, the United mm-hmm. States, the United Emirates, uh, Arab Emirates, with the exception of the Gambia, which is a bit of an odd oh. one. Mm-hmm. But in Australia, we've got things like um, the Pilbara, yep. the, the Koorong, 
and they're all areas rather than single coherent urban places. Mm-hmm. Right. So the Gold Coast, I think, would be probably going, going from Tweed Heads up quite a way until you get close to, to rubbing shoulders with Brisbane. So the Gold yep. Coast is an area rather than a particular, just the city itself. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And I sense. think that generally is true. And if you think of the other ones with the in, yep. they're very often, often in, particularly in rural Australia, big areas, mm. you know, like the Pilbara. So it's a, yep. a vast, like a vast sort of area. And if you think about it, do we have any cities? Well, I mean, the Alice... But that's Alice Springs, so we've shortened it. And the wheel for Camel Wheel. Mm-hmm. There are a few where we've actually done this shortening thing. It's called diminutives. Uh, but they, those are quite specifically derived from longer names. The Gold mm-hmm. Coast isn't derived from a longer name. It's just the place, you know. And yep. we also say the Sunny Coast. Okay. Yes, we do. There, there you yep. go, Camille. Is that, that helpful for you? It does. It was just a curious little question. Oh, Thank cu- you so curiosity much. Curiosity is always good. It Keep sure it is. It's a, a good question. It's a really good one. I remember growing up, Rolling, and a lot, it seems there was a, a time where we used to say or read the Ukraine, for yes. example. Ah. I've, been, I've always been curious about that. Obviously, in the last two years, Ukraine's been in the news a lot more, mm. and it's been a lot more Ukraine as opposed to the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, very important story. Uh, first of all, um, and I used to teach Russian, and Russian's related to Ukrainian, so I can read Ukrainian. Um, and uh, Ukraina, actually, it means uh, something like on the edge, so that it's on, on the, you know, a, a piece of, of country which is uh, adjacent to something else. And it used to be the Ukraine, and the Ukrainians themselves have said, please get rid of the the. Okay. Because it makes it sound like an area. We are a country. Yep. And almost no countries have the, as I said before. So they want to be called Ukraine. And, of course, there's, then there's the issue of, is, is it Ukraine or Ukraine? Okay. Interestingly, in Russian, there is a preposition meaning at, which you use for, play, for specific places, and there's one you use for areas. And the Ukrainians have asked that the Russians give up the one they use, which is na, na Ukraine, which is in, in the Ukrainian area, and v Ukraine, which means okay. in Ukraine, to respect the idea that they've got a country. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not sure that President Putin is too keen on that. No, I was going to say more more relevant thinking than ever. But uh, this is grammar sure. and politics all bound up together. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland, Rolly Sussex answering your questions. I've got one more. I'll uh, put to you, Rolly Carolyn from Banyo. Always lovely to hear from you, Carolyn. You had one for Rolly as well. I do indeed. Good afternoon, Professor. Oh, I'm Rolly to everybody. Please go ahead. <laughs> Rolly, I have a. This is a um, more of a history question, and I have an inkling that you would know um, the origins of it. Um, when centuries and centuries ago, when letters were sent, they were sealed with wax. Ah. What? So my question is two parts. Mm-hmm. What is the origin of sealing a letter? with wax, mm-hmm. and the second part, is there a correct way to open a wax-sealed document? Ah. Whoa. Okay. Um, it's all to do with security, and uh, in when they didn't yet have envelopes, uh, you would use a sealing wax, uh, you'd heat it up, you'd put a blob of it on, and then you'd put a ring or something which would indicate that it came from you, and that would be uh, – this is a confidential communication from me to you, 
and only the person who it's, who's addressed to is allowed to open it and to break the seal. And that's where the, the word for no phrase break the seal comes from. So it's, it's a form of security, um, particularly when we didn't have a post office and these things were taken by messengers and couriers on horseback and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, they go right back to at least early church usage, um, I, I believe 4th, 5th century, maybe even earlier than that. And uh, they all had to do with, uh, I want to send something to you that I don't want others to read. Is there a quick way to break it? Um, I think you, you just, the, the wax itself is quite brittle once it's cooled down. So you can break it across the break in the paper, and it will usually break evenly uh, with pieces on both sides, still sticking, but the, the paper left to go open. But okay. it's, 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 a, it's a lovely kind of issue of security and confidentiality and respect, because nowadays, as we all know to our cost, we've all sent emails to people we didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the thing. You type in the first letter and everyone that you know whose name starts with that letter comes up. It's comes happened up, to yes, all of us. You press yeah. send and whoa, you are gone. I'm curious about wax seals because what, what about status? So if you receive a wax sealed letter uh, yes. with a, a royal seal oh. as opposed to just a, an everyday seal? Then you genuflect. You, um, this, okay. this is big stuff. <laughs> um, no, the, the, the seals I think were only used by people of some substance. Uh, and, well, apart from anything else, uh, ordinary people weren't literate. They didn't learn to write until about 1800 and something. And we didn't get 18... The 1870 was the start of the General Education Act in England so that a lot of people before then couldn't write and so there was no point in sending any message with a seal on. Fascinating. So it, was, it was for the privileged. Okay, there you go, Carolyn. Thank you no. for sharing that. That was very interesting to learn. I'll, I'll do a bit more digging on this one. It, this is there are issues here which I haven't thought about for a long time. Yeah, more, more digging, Rolly. You will hit the uh, the core well, I, I of like the it. earth. It's a astounding knowledge, and I hope you're all getting lo- lovely benefit out of. I've got another text message here. Just back to etiquette before we wrap up, uh, Rolly, regarding etiquette pertaining to mother and father-in-law. Ah. Our son-in-law insists on calling us by our Christian names. He says he already has a mum. Where are we on that? Very personal. Mm -hmm. And some people are very happy to be called uh, by their first names, even with parents. I I remember my uncle and aunt were very forward thinking. And this is in the 50s when I was a kid. And they had their children have them, sorry, have them address them by their first names. And that was most unusual in those days. Now, with in-laws, and of course, they're they're a a, a kind of um, sensitive places when talking to in-laws, and some are very open and, and some like to keep a certain amount of uh, respectful distance between generations. Uh, so uh, I always ask people how they want to be called and, with very few exceptions, follow their, their wishes because it makes them feel more comfortable. And if you do something else, then that can impose a, a kind of a barrier in the conversation and the relaxation and, in fact, the politeness. Now, that said... A lot of people feel very comfortable talking to their in-laws with their first names. And nowadays, particularly in Australia, because we're famous for using informal names, uh, people are very happy with it. Okay. But this is something that needs to be negotiated, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. It's, mm. it's a, I think there's, there's time. It's one of those things when you get to know them better, you get more comfortable, all of that. Mm. But it can feel a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw another dimension to that if you're marrying into a family and you have lost a parent or something like mm-hmm. that it can be a little bit difficult to i guess reassign that title as well yeah. so there's a lot of strings to it there's also what do you call the maternal and the paternal grandparents yep. 
Um, some of them on the mother's side tend to take, you know, grandpa and grandma or, or pops or whatever. But then what do you do with the others? Um, now, in my wife, when she was alive, was, was Polish. And so for my grandchildren, uh, we've agreed that I will be Jaja, which is the Polish word for granddad. And that solves the problem entirely because grandparents <laughs> on for the other two. Yeah, yeah, which okay. Is no problem. We've got that in our family. You've got pop, pop. That's right. Granddad, yes. pa, all that sort of thing. That's right. But that again, makes it a little bit easier. And very often children will invent names. I invented the name Bapa for my grand, granddad because I was the first grandchild. Couldn't say grandfather. <laughs> and that was taken up by all the other grandchildren and we used it. And it was a very affectionate word. But again, negotiation and agreement yeah. as part of the part of the politeness thing. Fascinating, Rolly Sussex. I remember learning about something years ago in university, back to this whole idea, and it was basically, I think it was called Priestley's Paradox, and it said mm-hmm. the more forms of communication we have, the more the quality of the communication declines. And I think that speaks a lot to the... Uh, I guess, a, a loss of etiquette, a, less, a loss of politeness yeah. as well. That's right, because in, in the past you would have had family, friends, work, and you'd have had very little okay. written, written letter communication and you knew what you had to do with, you know, yours faithfully and so on. Yep. Nowadays we've got so many different sorts of communication on so many levels and so many of them are very fast. So you don't have time for editing or whatever. You just sort of do a quick reply and bang it off. Yep. And sometimes dreadful things are sent. Uh, quite, you know, unintentionally. And they haven't had time to develop a ritual before the next one's come along. (laughs) And we are kind of victims of our own inventiveness. Yeah. All right. That the the old rituals are almost gone. We don't have too much in the way of new ones. There's so many sides to this. It's almost like a dodecagonal um, discussion, isn't it? There's there's many, many, many sides. And you have, uh, as always... Uh, illustrated them beautifully, Rolly Sussex. It's uh, a privilege to have you in the studio. Thank you for your time. Which nickname do you prefer, just quickly? Lord of Language, Connoisseur of Congo? just Rolly will do. Just Rolly? I'm called the Rollster by some people. I can roll with that. Yeah, you can. I I thought you might. (laughs) You want the last word? I'd love one. Okay, this is a young singer talking to a music critic. I've insured my voice for $50,000. The critic said back to her, and what did you decide to do with the money? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, if Brad Hunter is listening, Traffic Brad, uh, uh, look out, Brad, because okay. your, your joke segment might just be under threat. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. You've been listening to A Word in Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more information, head to abc.net.au slash Brisbane.